if we could just go ahead and jump right in. Hopefully you guys are over in Ephesians, Ephesians 6. Uh, before we read that, in Ephesians 5.21, we read it last week, but that, that verse governs pretty much all of last week and this week's uh, passage of Scripture. So I'll read uh, Ephesians 5.1, and then we'll jump right into Ephesians 6, uh, starting verse 1. The Bible reads, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That governs everything that we're going to talk about. But in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 1, this might seem uh, like a pretty passage. But it reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And we'll stop right there. Um, we'll, we'll continue on in a second. And this passage is, is a very common passage, uh, quoted or given as input, advice to both children and parents. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. And for the parents, or the fathers specifically, do not exasperate your children. I, I worked, me and Brittany both were in the teens for a good seven years in Hampton Roads. And this passage is pretty much a memory scripture for all kingdom kids. Kids who have grown up in the church, you know it. Um, you've heard it probably once a week for your whole life or something like that. Why does it keep getting read? Why? Why is it something that has to be consistent? It's, it's because sometimes I'm just going to, teens, I, I feel you on this. Sometimes parents just don't make it easy to listen to. I hear all the teens saying amen. Um, or maybe my own kids are saying amen. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes it's hard to listen. Maybe it's because the standard keeps changing. You keep saying one thing and then completely changing it. Come on, parents. Parents, maybe you're reluctant to answer the question that everybody hears. Why? Why do I have to do that? Why should I obey? Why do I need to listen to you? And then I think a lot of times our parenting kicks in and say, well, because I said so. I don't know, parents, if you've said that once, twice, every day this week. Um, but as a teen, when I hear, when, or when I was a teen, when I heard because I said so, I'm like, well, you just don't have a very good answer for it. So that's why I keep disobeying. Or maybe the instruction given, the reason, the thing that you're telling us to obey is contradictory to how you're living. You're telling us to be selfless, but all I see as a teen or as a child is my parent being selfish. Or maybe I'm called to respect you, but all I see is you disrespecting mom or dad. I think we have to, as teens, even seeing that, I can understand and I can feel what you feel. 
and even on the other end, parents. The, the Bible here says, uh, do not exasperate your children. And that, that concept of exasperation is, is literally just to infuriate or to annoy or even to make worse a situation. Uh, as a parent, I feel this. I, as a parent, and even as like the authority figure of the household, my child just needs to listen to me, okay? I'm the adult. I have the authority. Just listen to me. I'm leading this family. Not you, little three-year-old girl. Me. Just listen. I work all day. I come home, and I just need you to fall in line. Obey me. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I feel it especially when I'm frustrated, especially when it's a long day. This is difficult teaching. From the parent to the teen perspective, it's extremely difficult to hear, but also to obey. But when I look at it, perspective is everything. God knows that we live in imperfect families right? He knows that your mom, your dad is imperfect. He knows your teen leader is imperfect. Say it ain't so, but it, it's true. Uh, he knows that, that your parents have sin. And sometimes, because they are imperfect, you are going as a teenager, uh, teen leader, or church leaders too. I, I, I'm imperfect. Um, as a parent, as a church leader, um, but sorry, great, uh, I saw the comment Drew posted. Um, that's crazy that that's a that's a saying now. But there uh, will be times where, as a teen, you are just going to need to have blind obedience. I think of even just Abraham as he's blindly obeying God, taking his son about to be slaughtered. Uh, that's blind obedience. But I think as a teen or as a child, there are benefits to obeying your parents. Even as the scripture says, um, honor your father and mother in, in verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise so that it may go well with you and then you may enjoy long life. Um, I, I hear that and I even I just hear that you'll have long life. I, I immediately think back to my childhood when my mom would say, and my mom's on here so she can uh, collaborate, 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 that word, uh, with me. I brought you into this world. I could take you out. Um, when we obey God, when we obey God and obey our parents, it will go well with us. I'm not saying, um, amen. Uh, but <laughs> keep it moving. Uh, but the, it, it does benefit you to obey your parents. They know better. They've been where you are. Um, but to listen and obey our parents, to have fear and respect for them. But again, the, the governing verse here is um, Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another at a reverence for God. So even in that, like, 
we are obeying our parents, we are obeying our team leaders or obeying anyone of authority in our lives because we have reverence for God. We have the, the, the respect and the, uh, the, the respect of God's authority in our life that we will submit to our parents um, because, because God is who God is. Parents, your kids are imperfect, but you guys know that, right? You guys see pretty much everything that goes on in the house. You guys see everything that's, that's said or lack of said or motives. Like parents are extremely intelligent. So kudos to you parents. Um, but I think as a parent, you have to know the situation. You have to know what your kids are going through having unrealistic expectations for your children and then disciplining them and for, for not meeting those expectations are, is exasperation. You're worsening the situation. Uh, now, Brittany, I'll let you. Awesome. Hi, family. It's so good to see everybody, even if it's digitally. Your faces are beautiful. Um, so I just wanted to talk real quickly to anybody who is a parent anybody who has served in children's ministry, anybody who has been a camp counselor, or anybody who aspires to do any of those things. Um, we are raising the next generation. It's important that all of us are working on not exasperating our children. This is the future church. We're trying to instill in them a love of God so that they will be raised up to teach our great-grandchildren and our best friend's great-grandchildren about Jesus so that the church can continue on. We all have this important job. Um, it's not just people who right now have a biological child or an adopted child. This is everybody's responsibility. We're a village as a church, yeah. raising our children to know and love the God of the universe. And for those of us who do have little ones or big ones um, in our house right now, I just wanted you to take a moment just to think about what exasperates your child and how can you work on instead of exasperating them this week, which I know we're all together in the same house and it's amazing and we're having great family time. There may be great conflict time as well. Um, but how can you work on helping your child be instructed in the Lord this week? Um, and how can you try to be avoid these exasperating situations? I know when I think about us and our family, having a almost three-year-old is great. It's an amazing adventure. Um, but Kendall loves her bedtime. It's so funny. Marie, like I said, she's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a child who will just tell you I'm going to bed and then start walking upstairs. Um, she knows her bedtime is eight o'clock. She knows her routine is to start walking upstairs around like 7.30, 7.40 so we can start our bedtime routine. Um, and she's great and she loves it. But on those nights when we try to push her too far, we exasperate her. And so I have to be especially mindful on any night that we have a church event, whether it's a virtual event or a real event, so that's a, like a midweek or a Bible talk or a campus devo. If I'm keeping her up past her routine, past her bedtime, she's going to be cranky. She's going to be tired. She's going to be irritable. She's not going to know why mommy won't let her go to bed. Um, and I have to be okay with that. And I need to show her extra grace. And just to be honest, I think, in those times, I can be more 
aware of just myself and my feelings. Like I'm insecure. I don't want her to act out. I don't want her to throw a fit. I want her to behave. And I care more about how I look. Like, do I look like a good parent? Um, instead of caring about, am I exasperating my child? Am I pushing her too far? Am I not showing grace to her? So that's something that I've really been working on this week um, is helping her to see like, I, I love you. And sometimes we do have to stay up later, you know, and especially when things kind of go back to normal and we're back in church, like we will be at the church building until 9, 9.30. That's just kind of what happens. But I know we're extra grace in those times instead of coming down extra hard out of my own insecurity as a mom. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you, a little bit of parenting and raising the next generation thoughts that I have. Yeah. Um, just looking at even the passage uh, as a parent, as an authority figure, um, instead of exasperating, we're called to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The best training and instruction you can do is by your example. As you live, when you show extra grace, you are literally, or when you're showing grace in general to your children, you are showing them God's love and God's grace right? As you're training in the Lord, especially in these moments where you're frustrated or you're angry, showing extra grace to your children, uh, that is teaching them and training them in the Lord. And I, I, I love the challenge uh, this week uh, as we're in homes and in, in, in close quarters. Let's try and stay focused on, on training through our example uh, and not exasperating our children. Um, so we're going to continue our study. Uh, but in this next section, uh, there's a trigger word and that word is, is slave. When, when we hear it, it typically brings up a whole bunch of emotion or fear or frustration, um, that we, we think of slavery as this race-based, uh, property-owned, master-slave relationship, zero rights, and it's transferable. It's not just you, but it's you, it's your mom, it's your dad, it's your kids, and it's long-lasting. It's a life sentence. As we read the passage that we're about to read, this is not the slavery of the Bible. This is not the slavery of what it's talking about. The picture we normally think of is not the slavery mentioned here. It is not race-based. It is based on circumstance. It is based on who, who is in debt. Um, again, if you, if you had a debt to pay, uh, you could have been sold into slavery to pay off that debt. Or you might have been a prisoner of war. You're more like a bond servant um, than, than a slave uh, itself. And it's not like, the, like our, our thought of slavery. It's not a life sentence. In Deuteronomy 15.1, Exodus 22.2, or sorry, 21.2, it's not a life sentence. After six years of work, the slave would be set free in the seventh year. Uh, it's not a transactional or a transitional where you're a slave for your entire life. Um, so keep that in mind as we do read this passage uh, in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 5. It reads, Slaves... Obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincere sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. 
obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one of each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that, the, that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So knowing the, that this, this slavery or this, this slave that is spoken here is not what we normally think of, um, this slave is more kind of related more to like an employee or a student or uh, the, the master is, it could be your boss or your employer or maybe even a teacher. Um, maybe um, even kind of thinking through as, as a slave or as an employee, um, this is also difficult teaching. Maybe your thought process is when you go to work, you know what? I do my job the way I want. I do just enough to get by. I work hard when the boss shows up though, right? I work hard when he comes and he's watching me or she's watching me. But actually, I'm kind of just skating by. I don't get paid to go above and beyond. I don't get paid to do things outside of my job title. I do what he or she says, but just so that I don't get fired. It's, it, it, I, I, I relate to that. I get that. That's not in my job title. That's not what I'm here for. If you want, if you want that, you can pay me a little more. And even as, as a, a, the master or the employer or the boss or the teacher, I hold all the power, right? I have worked hard to get to the position that I'm in. I've been where the employee is and I worked hard and I got here. You should respect me and listen no matter how I say it. That's what I had to go through when I was an employee. Now I'm the boss. When I speak, you act. Do as I say, and you will keep your employment. Uh, when, I, when I hear this and when I read this, or, or when I think through this, I, I can relate. I've been an employee, but I've also been in uh, having authority or a, a boss title. Um, these teachings are difficult to, to serve wholeheartedly, to, to do the best I can to win the favor of my boss. Those are difficult teaching. And even as the master, am I not supposed to lord it over them? My boss did it to me. These are difficult teachings, but submission is incredibly difficult anyway, if, it, if not impossible, if it's just based on the other person, right? It's impossible. It's, it's impossible if it's just based on the character of the person that we're called to submit to. In a world, would a boss submit to an employee? a master to a slave, a parent to a child, or for a child to submit wholeheartedly to their parent, a slave to his master with a sincere heart? 
only, only governed by Ephesians 5.21 is it possible. Only out of reverence for Christ is it possible that we are to be obedient and completely submissive to either our employee or our boss, no matter your position. Uh, God calls us to be submissive and submitting to one another based on our, our reverence for Christ. I even think about in 2 Corinthians 5, I think I read this last week too, but for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Um, kind of talking back through my, uh, with my boss in this situation, uh, when I first started at my engineering job, um, it didn't get any better. Uh, maybe you're thinking there was a happy end to the story, but it didn't get any better. He, he was harsh. He was difficult to work with, but perspective, perspective helped me understand, like he might be my earthly master but I'm supposed to be called to submit to God. Like my heart, I'm going to go full on and submitting to him. And I'm just going to do my best to learn from him. I'm going to do my best to understand where he's coming from. I literally pelted him with questions uh, every day to see how he does it, why he does it, even asking about his story, how he, how he learned these things. And, it's cool to hear like he was thrown into the fire at this job. Like he was hired right out, of high, right out of college and he was the only engineer on the project. So he had to figure it out all by himself. So perspective hearing that I can understand in some regards, like, okay, I understand. I get it. But my call is not even to worry about his situation, but to submit to Christ and my actions to follow my submission to Christ and obeying what he says. And I appreciate that because he taught me a ton about respecting others, uh, about following his leadership and, and completely wholeheartedly submitting. So. Amen. Amen. Yes. I've also had to learn submission to Christ in uh, work situations. Um, my very first job out of graduate school I was inexperienced, I was so green, I had no idea what I was doing, I was so insecure, and I just wanted to prove myself. And the job that God blessed me with um, was working at a startup company. Um, it was a counseling private practice, they've been open maybe for two years. And I was essentially the office manager and the personal assistant for my boss. And my, the combination of my insecurity and her anxiety and micromanaging it was not a good combination. Um, I would have panic attacks at work. I felt like I didn't understand what the expectations were. I felt like I was always failing and I couldn't meet them. Um, I just felt like what she was demanding from me was high or she wasn't able to, she didn't have time to sit down and teach me how to do the task required for my job because she had her own things to do and I just had to figure it out. Um, and it was so hard. Um, I worked for that job for two years and I cried a lot but I was able to get closer to God. I was able to rely on God. I was able to submit to God and learn how to submit to my boss. 
spent so much time there. Um, I learned what kind of kind of work environment I need to thrive in. I learned a deep, deep, deep-rooted security on God that's not based on what my boss thinks of me. And looking back, honestly, my perspective has shifted. Um, at the time where I was in the situation, I just thought, I just have a really harsh boss. She isn't understanding. She's very demanding. Like, I just, she just makes me anxious all the time. Um, but now that I think about it, this was a new practice. She'd been, she'd opened it up two years, her and her husband. This was their job. This was their livelihood. They had two adopted children that they were raising. They had to make money to survive. This wasn't just a job for her. This was their business their income. And as a mom now, I have so much more compassion. I get it. Like I want my kids to have a roof over their heads. I want them to have food. I want them to feel taken care of. And looking back, I'm just grateful um, that even though it was a difficult situation for me, I fought to be humble. I fought to submit to God and therefore submit to my boss. I fought to learn and to grow from her, to ask questions, to learn why she did what she did. Um, I know I made a lot of mistakes. I know I wasn't perfect, but looking back and thinking about everything that was going on in her life, I feel like if we'd met now, like we could be friends. I feel like we would have this mutual understanding of each other. I feel like I'd be able to have more compassion on her and what was going on with her. Um, and prayerfully, I was able to be an example of Jesus to her as I was asking questions and trying to be humble and trying to learn. And I know that I'd shared my dream with her for wanting to be in a full-time ministry one day. And she was supportive. She thought that it would be great for me. And I feel like if I was to somehow like meet her on the street and tell her that Cody and I have quit our jobs and we're now in full-time ministry, hmm. going to go plant the church in Lynchburg, I think she would be so excited for me. Um, so that is my prayer that the people, these employers that I worked for were able to see Jesus through me because I was able to submit um, to God and therefore submit to them as well. Oh. I think I, I love this because as a parent, as a authority figure, a um, employee, boss, whatever it may be, uh, perspective does bring incredible clarity. Like when we hear or we see the other side, it's so much easier to submit, right? When we listen to our kids, like actually hear them out, you might not agree with what they're saying. But when they feel heard, it's so easy for them to understand, you know what, mom does know best or dad does know best. At least they're listening to me. Or even as an employee, like listening and trying to comprehend and sin sincerely devoting your heart to what they're asking you to do um, and listening and, and, and going about it like that. I think some communication is an amazing tool. It's crazy because God, and the same thing with God, as we, as we submit to God, as he is the parent, our father, he hears us out, right? We're able to petition God to work on our behalf, right? We're able to pray to God, the creator of the universe, this amazing, powerful being, and he hears us out. I think as, as people of authority, whether it's a parent, whether it's a boss, if you're like, helping or teaching somebody are we willing to hear us hear people out are we willing to listen um, and take what they have to say their opinions their thoughts and 
maybe not necessarily just obey what they're asking us to, but at least willing to hear them out. Out of reverence for Christ, not holding favoritism, not um, putting yourself on a pedestal and not willing to hear what they said, because even God our Father is willing to listen to us. I pray that we're listening to each other. Uh, so that does make it easier for us to submit to each other, even though we are supposed to submit out of reverence for Christ. As a child or employee, submission out of reverence for Christ, our bosses, our parents might not even be Christians. Like even think of it like that. Like we, if if you're a teen and your parents are, are not disciples or you're not Christians, like doesn't matter their response, their interaction with you. You're submitting to Christ. So their interactions with you doesn't really matter. But our reverence for Christ is what truly matters. There might be favoritism, and it might not be in your favor. Uh, there might be harsh treatment. But through everything, we are called to submit to Christ, or to submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. And when I see Christ being treated uh, as he was treated in the gospel, as he was before Pilate, as he was um, flogged and spit on and false testimony brought up against him, through all of that, I look at that and I see this man who, no matter the situation he was put in, he was going to be obedient to God's will. No matter what he was going through, he was obedient to Christ because of who his God, who his father was. He submitted himself to God who judges justly. He obeyed the will of God even to the point of death. His fear and reverence for God propelled him to listen and follow the will of God that he had for him. Even as we come upon a communion, as we start thinking about our need to one another, uh, as, as parents not exasperating our children, as children honoring our father and mother because it will go well with you even as an employee boss uh relationship as we go to work this week that we're having uh complete wholehearted submission to christ and listening and obeying our earthly masters and as employees that we're not just trying to skate by but we're going in wholehearted to submit to our our earthly masters and so that we can find well or find pleasure in that and are in building up that treasure in heaven. You might not get the reward you're asking for here on earth, but in heaven, your treasure is building as masters, as slaves, as parents, as children, as we, as we take communion this morning, I pray that we can submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So please pray with me. Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is Will Portillo, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or connect with us on Facebook at Blue Ridge Church of Christ. Visit us on YouTube and subscribe for weekly sermons, encouraging news, and short devotionals. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time.